Hello, be beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of It's Time to Be You, the podcast that helps people pleasers take control and finally put themselves first. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter, and I'm a recovering people pleaser, certified life coach, and your guide to living life on your terms. And most of us people pleasers are afraid of showing up as our true selves. We hesitate to speak up and we are worried about other what other people may think. And as we start to make these changes to become who we're supposed to be and stop people-pleasing, it's going to take some courage. So how can we become more courageous? Well, to help us find our courage, we are joined by Candace Doby, a speaker, author, and a courage coach. And in this episode, Candace helps us to define courage, how to conjure our courage, and move past the things that get in the way of our courage. Candace shares her own stories of finding courage and how it has helped her and her clients tap into their potential. You will learn that courage really is fundamental in becoming who you want to be. This episode will help you stop playing small and start living life on your terms. Candace, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I'm so excited for our conversation, but before we really get into it, will you just tell us a little bit more about who you are? Absolutely. I'm Candace. I'm a speaker. I am a courage coach and I am an author. And really all of my work revolves around helping emerging leaders and young professionals and young leaders to conjure their courage, activate their personal courage so that they can perform to their potential, whether that be in school or in work or in life in general. So I'm all about helping people conjure courage so that they can access bigger parts of themselves and they can tap into their potential. So that's what I do. Yeah. I love that. A courage coach. That's, (laughs) I think that's something we all like probably need. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And so I'm curious to know with your own background, did you ever struggle with courage or how did you become this courage coach? Where did that come from? You know, it's something that I discovered that I wanted to talk about throughout my marketing career. So I had a 16-year marketing career, worked for corporations that you would recognize. But a lot of what I really found joy in, in the different roles in marketing, was not necessarily writing strategies for clients or, you know, thinking of marketing tactics, but it was actually helping my team members to conjure their courage and activate their courage so that they could navigate through professional spaces while being their authentic selves, representing themselves honestly, even if that honest representation wasn't conventional Mm -hmm. and to give feedback, which can be very difficult to do, but to give feedback and give courageous feedback, but also just to advocate for their ideas. So one of the things that I recognize is just that I love helping people conjure their courage to do better at work and school. And I think throughout my own life, You know, there have been moments where I have done some pretty amazing things people would consider amazing from traveling around the world solo, you know, as a black woman to quitting one job and moving to another city without having a job lined up. So there are a lot of things that I've been able to do, write a book. And I just realized that the underlying theme was courage of all of these different things and even professionally and personally. And I wanted to draw that out and help more people, you know, tap into their potential. Yeah, I love that. And before we go any further, I would love to hear what courage means to you. The definition, let me just say that courage has been talked about for thousands of years and everybody you talk to is going to define it differently. But the definition that I use is courage is a choice to face a risk for a worthy purpose. 
And it's really important that we know that courage is a personal choice. So you don't get any credit for doing something that someone else told you to do. It has to come from your own free will. And we make a choice to act courageously because there's some risk that we have to face. There's some challenge or some obstacle. And that could be a range of different things. It could be fear of rejection or isolation or ridicule or humiliation. There's some kind of risk, but we do that for a worthy purpose. So we do it because we want to grow into the best version of ourselves, or we want to have a say about who we are and how we take up space in the world. So we have to make sure that the purpose is worthy. So that's the definition that I use and helps guide me in the work that I do. Yeah, I really love that definition. I don't think I would have I wasn't expecting that. So I really like that. I really like that it's all about you making the choice and that it's got to be coming from you, but also like that it's a worthy purpose. And I think that so much of life is, or it should be, the choices that you make and for a worthy purpose. So I think that does take a lot of courage. So I really like that definition. Yeah. And with the, some of the courageous actions that you took, like with traveling the world and like leaving jobs and stuff like that, I mean, did you see those as you were being courageous or was it only once people were like, what are you doing? that <laughs> You're like, oh, this is. <laughs> I knew that that stuff was courageous because I actually had to conjure courage in myself to be able to do them. So I remember yeah. the first time that I traveled abroad by myself. I was 27 years old Mm -hmm. and I was going to Ubud, Indonesia. So I'm a girl from Columbia, South Carolina, born and raised in the South, you know, hadn't left the country before then, but I knew Mm -hmm. that I wanted different experiences. I knew that I wanted to see how people lived around the world. I wanted a different perspective and really, you know, understand what it meant to be a global citizen. And so those were the things driving me, but I had never left the country before. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fear around physical harm. And what if I got, you know, to a certain place and got lost? So I had to, everything that I teach now, you know, I had to conjure in myself. I had to be able to rely on my own confidence and my own competence, my skill and ability to be able to make a move like this. So Mm -hmm. everything that I, you know, the big things that I've done, the smaller things are harder to recognize because you can maybe do them so often that you're like, was that courageous? (laughs) And other people might say, yes, that was courageous. But the bigger things of traveling abroad by myself, quitting my job, my corporate job, so that I could pursue this, this passion of spreading the word about courage. Those were big, courageous moves that I absolutely had to conjure my courage for. Yeah. And then Tell us more about like, what is that process of conjuring your courage? What does that look like? Yeah, it is quite a process. So let's (laughs) say that it is quite a process, but what it looks like, and this is, you know, what I tell people that I talk to and what I teach and what I try to embody myself when I'm making big moves is courage is really all about risk. I mean, risk Mm -hmm. is at the center of courage. So one of the most important things that we have to do before we act courageously or do the thing that's outside of our comfort zone is we do have to appropriately judge risks. So we Mm -hmm. have to, you know, look at both sides of risk. A lot of people, when we think of risk, we just think of what could go wrong. So we think about What if I do get over to whatever country and I'm harmed physically or people make fun of me because I'm a black woman with no hair and they don't really see that in the, you know, on an everyday basis. So you go through, your mind tells you all of the things that could go wrong if you were to step outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But it's really important for us to intentionally think about the risk of not taking the action. 
So what is the risk if we don't do that, if we don't expand our horizons, if we don't travel outside of our comfort zones to new countries? The risk is that I continue to play small. I continue to only lean on this very you know, kind of narrow perspective that I have. You know, I don't get an opportunity to flex my confidence muscle. I don't get an opportunity to grow and develop. So Mm -hmm. it's important for us to consider both sides of the risk so that we can very clearly come to understand what risk is more important. Is it that you, you know, oftentimes I'll tell you that the risk of not growing and developing ends up being a bigger risk Mm -hmm. because there are some controls that we can put in place We're looking at the other side of risk. What if I get lost? Well, we can make sure that we have service on our cell phone where there's a map and it can tell us where we get to. So that's something that mitigates the risk. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, what if I'm harmed physically? Well, let me make sure I have a list of the places that I go or call or people that I call if something was to happen. So there are things that we can do to mitigate that risk, right. but the risk of, of not growing and developing is a big one. So I would say that's one big step is to look at the risk. Yeah, I really like that thinking about, yes, there are some risks that are more considered like negative or scary, but that there are ways to mitigate that and to come up with solutions. But then to think of like, what is the risk if I don't do this? And I think that that just opens us up and is almost more like expansive of like seeing the possibilities that can come from, you know, doing this. Like, yeah, it's a risk, but, you know, it's like, yeah, what if I don't do this? Then you're yeah. just like missing out on so much. And I like that you said about like, keep like playing small, and like staying that way. Cause it's just like, what, like, where would you be if you didn't take that trip? I'm sure that was kind of like one of the first, not like one of the first, but one of the first major things that you probably did that was really courageous. And it's just like, if you didn't do that, where would you be, you know? And that's a good point because courage just builds on top of itself. So once we're mm-hmm. able to conjure courage for one thing, then what we're doing is we are giving ourselves experiences that we can lean on later so that we're building up our bank of, see, I was, I did that back then. I can do hard things. I do have the skills and abilities so that when we continue to do things that are outside of our comfort zone, we can rely on those previous wins and experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. It is kind of like a bank, like you're building up and then you can refer back to that as a reminder. Cause I think it is kind of easy to forget the things that we've done and see it as, you know, it's not that important or whatever, but if you just remind yourself of those things, like that helps to build up your, your courage and your confidence with doing it. So definitely you're right. It's so easy. It's so easy to forget our goodness, the Mm -hmm. things that we're good at, the previous lessons that we've already learned, And the reason why, because I wanted to know, like, why is it so easy for us to forget that? It's because our brains are really primed to pay more attention to negative things. Our brains are really primed to pay attention to those things that could go wrong because it's a whole system, you know, internal system we have to protect ourselves and to preserve ourselves, self-preservation. So it's really, it becomes really important for us to do the intentional work of remembering the wins, the successes, the strengths the skills and the talents that we have. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we talked about the risks and of course now like kind of remembering what we've done, but do you have anything else that helps with people conjuring their courage that you want to share? I do. So there are a few more things, which I'll just talk about shortly, but we have to make sure that when we are conjuring courage or when we want to take courageous action, we want to face a risk that we're doing so for an internally motivated reason. 
So there is a lot of external things that we could be motivated by. So if we're motivated by money or a pat on the back or someone else telling us a good job or validating us, these are all things outside of ourselves. And it's really hard to act courageously when we're dependent on an external motivation. So it's, it becomes really important for people to find their internal source of motivation. And that motivation is even made stronger when it's connected to our values. So when the going does get tough, and we do come up against challenges and obstacles, we can rely on that purpose, that those are our anchors. So I would say that's also important to acting courageously. And the other thing that I will say is it is important for us to have some internal resources before we step outside of our comfort zone. So before Mm -hmm. we start a podcast, before we travel across the world, before we audition for the team or apply to the program. We can't do these things without having some level of competence and that's knowledge and ability. So courage is hard to conjure when you're starting from a place of not having a base level of competence or knowledge. So we do need that. And I would say if you don't have that, then that's something that we need to go get before we step out and do the really hard thing that we want to do. Yeah. I mean, so it kind of sounds like we need to be really aware of what we're internally motivated by, but also what our abilities are and like what other information we need to go gather. Yeah. I love that. I'm always, I'm just big on self-awareness. So I hear that. I'm just like, ah, yes. Another reason you need to be self-aware is that it leads to. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. And I want to go back to when you left you know, corporate America, what was that like? Because I think that, and especially now, I think people are really reevaluating their jobs and stuff. But I mean, that definitely takes a lot of courage. So, you know, take us back to that moment and how you knew you were ready and what that was like. I knew that I had a bigger purpose and I had bigger work to do. Not saying that what I wasn't doing was important. I was in marketing and I was developing strategies, marketing strategies for more customers to come into our our restaurants and stores. But I had this, you know, wanting to, to help people activate their courage and knew that I needed to leave my job to be able to do that and step into that fully. So that was a scary thought, but I knew it was the right move. And so when we talk about risk and evaluating the risk, it is important that we control parts of the risk that can be controlled. So for me, once I made the decision that this is what I was going to do, that I was going to try my hand at speaking and coaching, after I made the decision, I started preparing for the decision. So that means I did save money, but, you know, I spent a year saving money so that I could live If I didn't bring in anything, I could live off of this money for an amount of time. Mm -hmm. I also made sure that I was, you know, really getting centered about this decision, that I was speaking to other people who were already in the industry and learning from them and their perspective and experience. So I did prepare for this, but it is still really scary to leave the security of a full-time job, to leave that paycheck every two weeks. You know, I was also had a company car and had lots of frequent flyer miles. So all of that is street credibility and it's social or societal bling Mm -hmm. that society teaches us to want. But that worthy purpose that we talk about when it comes to courage, my worthy purpose was I really felt like I could impact a lot of people if I had, you know, if I could teach them what I know about courage. So it all came down to that. And then just really preparing for the decision. And here's another thing that I'll tell you. Yeah. I also recognize that if this did not work out, 
And this is when it comes back to, do you believe in your abilities and your confidence level? I knew that if it did not work out, that I would go work at Burger King or Flip Burgers or work at somebody's home goods store to make it work. I knew that I could pivot and figure it out. And I also knew that I could get another job. I could go back to corporate America. And I think that that's really important for people to understand before they kind of step out there and do something like that is to be able to ask themselves, if this doesn't go how I would like it to go, do I trust myself to be able to make another decision so that I can take care of myself? Right. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people, it's almost hard for them to see that of like, well, if I go out on my own and then it's like, that's done. But it's like, it's not only are you able to do another job or make another pivot, but also like, what are you willing to do? Like, are you willing to maybe go work at Burger King if you're trying to build something that is more important? And I think a lot of people kind of miss that or they're not very willing. So I love that you bring that up. And I'm curious to know of you know, because you had like this nice corporate job with like the car and, you know, all the perks, but then you were going out on your own, like what did other people say? And was that, were you influenced by that at all or affected by it? This is something I think is really important to remember when you are about to make a leap, when you're about to make a big step, that you do have to be really aware and cognizant of who you are sharing that information with. Because one of the things that I learned is that people will find it very easy to project their fears and their limitations onto you. So if you tell someone, I'm leaving my six-figure job with the company car to go do this thing and talk about courage, to some people, they will say, you're crazy. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Have you lost your mind? because they cannot envision themselves doing something like that, or they're bringing their limiting beliefs to your dream. So you do have to be very careful about who you talk to when it comes to your big leaps. That's the first thing that I'll say about that. The second thing that I'll say is, yes, I did get people who thought I was crazy, but I also was, at this point when I started telling people I was so secure in my decision I was so confident in my decision because of what I had decided I was going to do to prepare for it and what I knew I was capable of if it didn't work out. If it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to, I knew I was capable of making another decision to get me closer to it working out or or where I wanted to be. Right. So, yeah. So I would just say, you know, it's very easy for people to project their limitations and fears onto you. And if you are not confident then you can let them suck the dream out of you. You can start to believe, you know, their fears and their limiting beliefs. I'll tell you though that my parents were very supportive. So it is good to surround yourself with people, even when you do tell them something that sounds crazy, people believe in you enough to say, well, if this is what you want to do, and if you have a plan for how you're going to take care of yourself, then go, (laughs) go do it. And that's essentially what my parents said. They said, if you can take care of yourself, then we support it. Yeah. So it's important to have those people around you too. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that your parents were supportive because I know for some people they don't have that, but it is so important to have some people around you that are supportive and to understand that not everyone is going to understand your dream and what you're doing, but to remember like it's their fears projecting, like you said, and that they, they're not the ones in your shoes. They don't get it. It's not for them to understand. And I think that that just really ties in 
with the whole aspect of courage being something that comes from within and that you're the one that is pursuing this purpose and making the choice. It's not other people. It's all internal in what you're doing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so I want to talk about your book that came out, A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage. Tell us more about this and yeah, tell us about the book and where this idea came from. A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage is a book that I envisioned as a speaker and a courage coach. One of the things that I started my career doing was talking to younger audiences about courage Mm -hmm. and about the power of courage. And really, we are unable to develop into the leaders that we can become if we are unable to conjure our courage and to summon it for the really hard things. So as I was traveling around talking to younger people about courage, what I really quickly came to understand is that they are not interested in the topic. <laughs> they they did not want to hear about courage, okay? they rather talk about Meg the Stallion, popular culture, basketball, whatever. Yeah. So I recognize that if I was going to talk to this group of people about the importance of courage with where they are in life, then I was going to need to make it fun. Mm-hmm. I was going to need to make courage approachable and I was going to need to make it creative in a sense. So A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage is one answer towards that vision. And this book is written in the voice of courage. So if you think about your courage, your internal voice of courage, having a voice and yeah. what it would say to you when fear was dominating your thoughts and when you were really feeding into your self-doubt and limiting beliefs, what would your courage say to you? So that is how this book is written. There are over 125, I call them fierce quotes, written from the voice of courage and also some journal prompts to get, you know, women and young girls and grown girls too, thinking about their confidence, their barriers, their fears, and what's keeping them from doing the things that they know they need to do. So this is a fun book. It is a creative book and really just a space for girls and women to start to get closer to their big, meaningful goals by writing out some of the things that are keeping them from them. Yeah. I mean, I love that so much because it's it's funny that you're like, they don't want to talk about courage or they don't want to like hear about it. But it's like courage is, I think it really is one of the things that's like at the root of so much more. It's like once we can find that courage, then we're able to do, you know, just everything that we want in life kind of comes from taking risks and being able to keep going and push through. So what yeah. impact do you really want for this book to have? What I really want readers to get out of this book is I want them, honestly, I want this to be a conversation starter. I want this to be an entry point into the conversation on courage and them thinking about their abilities and their barriers to conjuring their courage to do hard things, to tap into their potential, to access greater parts of themselves. So I want them to start talking about it more and thinking about it more and This book offers them an opportunity to enter into the conversation on courage in a fun and meaningful and creative way. So if my readers were to leave, you know, if to read this book and leave with more thoughts in their head about courage or talking to their friends about courage and their confidence and abilities and risks that they want to take, then that that would be great. Yeah. And I'm curious because since you mentioned about barriers, I'm curious about like, what do you usually see gets in the way of us having the courage that we desire? 
you know, people talk about fear a lot and I like to make it a little bit more broader than fear, but let's stick to fear for a second because I do think that there are three specific fears that keep us from moving forward and taking those big leaps and small leaps too and medium-sized leaps as well. Mm -hmm. And that is fear of rejection. People have a really big fear of being rejected by people close to them, people they don't know. So I think rejection is, is a big one. Another one is judgment. So as humans, I just don't think when it comes to belonging and wanting to form social bonds with other humans, I don't think being judged is something that we are just raising our hands to do, to be judged. And right. so what keeps a lot of people, I think, from either pursuing creative pursuits and goals or just stepping outside of their comfort zone in general is they have a real fear of being judged. And I would say the last one is fear of humiliation. So all of these are kind of connected, but fear of humiliation, people are really afraid of looking stupid or bad in front of other people. And so those are the, I think the biggest kind of category of fears that keep us from doing the thing and keep mm -hmm. us staying safe and playing small and cowering to our potential is those three things. A lot of it. Yeah, I mean, those are big things. I think we definitely all experience that. And then it just, again, goes to like, those are all things that we're worried about, things that are outside of us. And that, you know, it, it's so hard to know, I think, in the moment of like, it doesn't matter about being rejected or judged or humiliated when you're going after your greater purpose. And that, you know, I always like to try to remind myself and people that, you know, like, some people won't get it or, you know, yes, you might be judged for it, but there's still other people out there that will get it and that you're doing it for them and for others. So it's, yeah, it's like all of those feelings definitely keep us playing small, thinking about like those other people that don't really matter, but we need to like go beyond that. So I really like that you broke that down. Yeah. Yeah. And what you said, mentioned about like something beyond fear, what was that about? Well, I just think that, and really that's part of the answer is not just saying, you know, fear is standing in my way, yeah. you know, but to name it specifically. So fear mm -hmm. of what? And so I kind of did it there. So it's not just yeah. fear, but calling it fear of judgment. I am afraid of being judged, you know, because I think when we can name it and make fear more specific and not just this overarching thing, we can start to dismantle it. We can start to ask ourselves questions that allow us to interrupt the negative kind of thought pattern that we can get into when we're just thinking about the things that could go wrong. So right. actually saying, I am afraid of being judged, or I'm afraid of failing, or I'm afraid that if I was to take this action, then all of my friends will reject me and I will be isolated because when we start to be specific, we can start to get better clarity on how to move past those things. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to say is the barriers, the two category of barriers that seem to always be around the leaps that we want to make, the meaningful goals that we want to go after is going to be lack because we lack something. We lack skills or information or we lack a worthy purpose or we lack confidence. So lack is going to be something that keeps us from doing the thing that we want to do. And the other thing is loss. So we're afraid mm -hmm. of losing. We're yeah. afraid of losing respect, friends, relationships, that kind of thing. So when we can get really clear on what is it that we lack or what is it that we're you know afraid to lose, then we can start to 
break away those barriers around the goals that we have so that we can get closer to them. Yeah, I really like that. And I really like being able to get clear and break it down because I think it just helps to see that things aren't as scary as they might seem because yeah, right. it's like, I'm afraid. Then like, yeah, you're just totally afraid. But if you really get clear on like, well, what am I afraid of? I'm afraid of being rejected by my friends or I might lose them. But, you know, then you can go on to like, is that true? Is that really true? Or if it is true, then you can find other friends. Like they're not the only ones around. So it yes. again kind of opens up more possibilities if you really get clear on what it is. And then you're kind of also creating like a game plan from that to be like, well, these are the things I'm afraid of. And this is what I can do about it to take the next action step. Absolutely. And I will say to you that, you know, I think that that is one thing that this book will help girls and women do is to get clarity. So there are some journal prompts in the book that ask them specifically about the barriers that are standing in their way to pursuing their most meaningful pursuits and goals. There are some questions that, you know, also kind of talk about fear as if fear is a person. And so there are questions that ask them, how would they deal with their fear? You know, if it was a person or what would they say to it to kind of make it more digestible? Because when we think about fear and courage and all of these things that are, you know, not concrete, right? right. They're, they're not things that we can touch. Sometimes it's helpful to bring them into our understanding a little bit better by giving them human qualities. Yeah. Um, it's why we name hurricanes. It's why we name our cars and our computers. It's because we're trying to imbue these things with human characteristics so we understand them better. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do the same thing with courage. You know, how can we understand courage better? Well, let's think about it like our best friend. And what would our best friend say to us if, you know, we were standing still and not pursuing the things that we knew we need to because we were letting fear block us? So, yeah. Awesome. And I want to make sure people know where they can get your book. So where can they find your book? And I know you've written another book as well. So where can they find all the stuff that you've done? You can find anything about me at CandiceJobie.com. So that's including where to buy my book. But you can also just find the book wherever books are sold. So online at your major retailers, but also in your local bookshops as well. And I want to tell you the story, a little bit more of the story behind this book, because yes, this is please. another just point of courage and why we do need to assess risk and understand the risk of not taking an action. So this is my second book, but it is a variation of the first book. Okay. The first book is called If Courage Could Talk. And it's a book that I self-published because, again, I was going and talking to these groups of young people, wanted them to understand courage better and so came out with a book called If Courage Could Talk. Mm -hmm. I self-published it and I will tell you straight up, I invested thousands of dollars to do it. And I had mm -hmm. a lot of fear around doing it because it was fear of losing money, fear that people would not get the book, fear mm -hmm. that I was gonna be humiliated from putting my art out there. So that was the one side of the risk. But the other side of the risk was I really wanted to, one, develop my own confidence and, and put this art form out there, but also to help other people connect with their courage. So I found that it was worthy for me to do that. In doing that, I ended up selling quite a few copies myself, but I gained the attention of a traditional publisher. And so the traditional publisher came to me saying, we want to help you kind of reimagine this book. 
and get it into the hands of more people. So the the new version or the iteration of the book that came about was A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage. So that just goes to show you that, you know, we can have a lot of fear, but when we do the things that we know we need to do, we do open the door to possibility. And the possibility for me in coming out with the first book was that a traditional publisher would see my work, be impressed by it and say, hey, we want to actually help you expand this and reimagine this. And now what, what we get is another book. So, you know, it's just a real, a nice little case study on making sure we look at the other side of risk to understand what the possibilities are. Right. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I love how it's worked out because I mean, there's just a lot to that because I think so many times people will be like, I can't do that or I don't want to self-publish. And, you know, I mean, that experience, all the fears that you just said, and I just appreciate you for being so vulnerable and honest and sharing that because so many people can relate, but to show like, yes, the other side, like this is what happened from it, you know, like so much came from this and it's so exciting and i'm curious with your first book did you try to get it done through a major publisher before or was the plan just to self-publish the plan was to self-publish i didn't try and part of that might have been wrapped in my limiting beliefs i didn't know that i could you know i didn't know that i had everything that i needed to be able to traditionally publish you know i didn't have a book Mm -hmm. proposal and some of the things that traditional publishers look for the other side of it is that i wanted to get the book out very quickly yeah and just with traditional publishing it could take a very long time but it wasn't really the initial goal the initial Mm -hmm. goal was i want to put a book out there i don't want it to look self-published because let's be real some (laughs) some stuff can look self-published i want it to look traditionally published but you know but i was the one putting it out that's what it was. It was a very well done. I'm going to claim it and say well done, self-published book that got the attention of of the traditional publishers. Yeah. And it's just also another example of you took what you were capable of doing and turned it into something. So you used that. And yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> I want to know how has being yourself led to your success or impacted your success? I love this question. And It wasn't always easy. At some point in the beginning, it was a battle because being myself is talking in a certain way that people thought, you know, I didn't sound like I was part of my community. I didn't sound like I was, you know, belonged or wanting to cut off all of my hair and people thinking it was crazy. But to be honest with you, I was pretty, pretty grounded in myself, pretty grounded in who I am. And I will tell you that the biggest kind of opportunity or moment for me to shine through and show myself as myself was being a speaker, being a speaker. Mm -hmm. I'm on a lot of different stages. I talk to a lot of different audiences. And I remember being on a stage and talking to an audience about the courage to be yourself, because Mm -hmm. I think the highest calling of courage is to be your honest, you know, authentic self, which can be hard to do with all of the kind of rules and restrictions that society throws out there. Right. And I remember that I had an opportunity to be myself because I was telling stories about being yourself and I could tell that I was making my audience uncomfortable. Hmm. And it started to make me uncomfortable. Like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be real. Maybe I shouldn't talk about being a Black woman growing up in the South and some of the things that were said to me, you know, as part of my growing up. And so I had an opportunity to say, Candace, you know, are you going to be a speaker that makes your audiences comfortable? Or are you going to be a speaker that creates a platform for you to be real 
and be honest and share the goodness that you have with people, regardless of how they feel as a result of it. And so I think, you know, being a speaker has just truly helped me being authentic to myself, get on stages and tell my truth has really been helpful and just stepping into and standing into my uniqueness and being who I am. Yeah, I love it. And I love that you are being who you are and, you know, getting on stages and sharing yourself with people and that you stuck to that of like, I'm going to be who I am and share my story. And I really like that you mentioned about, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm making them uncomfortable because I think so often, especially us like people pleasers out there, we're so worried about making other people uncomfortable that we then are uncomfortable. Where it's yes. Like, <laughs> yes. We should not hide ourselves to make other people comfortable. Like that's not our problem if they're comfortable or not. One of the things that I absolutely love saying is that it is not your responsibility to make someone else comfortable. And just like what you just said, you know, we all have gifts and talents that we are here to share. And Mm -hmm. some of it might not make, you know, everyone comfortable, make them feel our warm and fuzzy, but we do have a choice to make. And as a speaker, I have a choice to make. And that is to share the truth, the goodness, the honesty, the authenticity of me with the audience so that they can get you know, the information and the strategies they need? Or do I water that down so that I'm always ensuring that I make them comfortable, but they aren't getting the depths of the information or the experience that that I could deliver to them? So at the end of the day, authenticity is always going to win. Sometimes it's a slower road. Sometimes it doesn't get you where you're going as quickly. You know, faking it might get you there a little (laughs) bit quicker but it will always come back to you and it will always catch up to you, which makes authenticity in the end, the true path and the winning path. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm just like, now I'm just like, I want to talk more about authenticity. and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but what message would you like to leave with people today? I think the overarching message is, you know, Maya Angelou has one of my favorite quotes on courage, which is, Courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue consistently. And I just want to share with your audience that courage is foundational to us becoming the people we want to be, to tapping into our potential and accessing and unleashing our potential. And so it's necessary, but it doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be heavy. There is a fun way to talk about courage and to start to incorporate it more into our thought pattern. And so I just think that, you know, if we can start talking about it more, if we can start thinking about it more, then we will be well on our way to being able to conjure it more. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your information and insights on courage. And I think you've definitely given us some steps so that we can, you know, start conjuring it more and it seems doable and not as scary. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So as Candace said, the highest form of courage is to be yourself. Candace gave us some great ways to help us conjure courage by assessing risk and seeing what you can control, knowing your internal reason for taking the risk and being willing to make things work and having the right people around you. Be sure to visit CandaceDobie.com to get the book, A Cool Girl's Guide to Courage, and to check out some more of her resources, such as her own podcast that we didn't even get a chance to talk about. It's called The Courage Hotline. And I hope that you are ready to take more courageous action to becoming yourself and putting yourself first. 
As you take more risks, come share your journey in the free It's Time to Be You Facebook community. In this group, you can ask for advice as you're assessing the risk and support as you're building your courage. The link is in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear about your next courageous step. It's time to have the courage to be yourself. It's time to take risks. It's time to be you.